From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, get up off the mat. Stop feeling sorry for yourselves. Let's go. Reasons for optimism and hope. And we look ahead to a 2024 Florida State offense that could look great if they crush it here in the portal soon with the top guys out there in the market. Wake Up Board Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. That's in Tallahassee, Florida. Gosh, I miss it so much. cptallybar.com. That's the website. Hit the QR code on your screen. You'll go right to the website. You can place your order to go. But, you know, we like to say hang out at the, at the Corner Pocket because it's what Corey Clark does when he's in Tallahassee. Daily lunch specials, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., only $8.99. Today, cheesesteak sandwich, chicken or steak, side dish of your choosing, Great options. Straight fries, curly fries, onion rings, potato salad, coleslaw, broccoli, side salad, tear tots, or freshly cooked potato chips. It's all over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. And later tonight, 7 o'clock, bingo. Play it. Win money. For real. Go there. Win money. It's awesome. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Warchant.com, your ultimate symbol sports source. Thumbs up, please. Five-star rating and review, perhaps, as well. We'll earn it. You can wait another 45 minutes or so if you're uh, in that sort of mood today, which is fine. It's fine. I'm just glad you're all here, everybody. Corey included. How are you, friend? Nobody cares about that. How are you? How was is, how is, uh, Wednesday in Miami? Beautiful day. A okay. uh, little bit of too heavy of a lunch. Kind of sat with me the entire day, but mm. made it to the well, gym you, still. Cause didn't it, you go to uh, Iris Place? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, that's a heavy... I mean, it's a heavy place, man. It's it's, it's Italian. Really, it's really good, though. Um, yeah. But I'm just like, what would Corey do right now? Would Corey take a nap? Would he go to the gym? I went to the gym. Mm. All's well. Um, and then I'm ready to go ahead and rock and roll with you. And then uh, at 8 o'clock, get to speak to Adam Fuller and the, and the folks on the defense. So right. Wednesday was interesting, man. I think you listened to most of the interviews that Ira and I were able to gather at the uh, first, I guess, round of media day. If we want to call it, it was the offense. Alex Atkins brought Glenn, Kyle Morlock. Darius, Dimitri, and Maurice. Um, you know, it, it, I think, you know, we're, we're kind of being fussy every other day. You know, some days are better than others for us. I wish we could show the kind of balance and equilibrium, the stasis that uh, Mike Norvell and his players have because they, they don't sound like a broken, defeated, you know, here just to collect a, a, a sweater and a backpack and go on a yacht for a night trip. Uh, I think they're ready to compete, man. I like the way they were at practice. We only got to see the first 15 minutes of it, Corey, but it seemed to be a pretty good energy, a good verve, as you like to pull out every now and then. Mm. So I know Vegas is a little bit more bullish on the dogs. What, it's ballooned? <laughs> what is it, yes. 19 and a half now? 19 and a half, yep. Um, I'm not saying those who stay will be champions, but I, I think the guys that stayed know what they signed up for, and they're not scared. Um, and I think they're confident, not you know, not in the result maybe of what the game is going to be like, but I just think they trust themselves and their teammates that have decided to stick it out. And I hate saying stick it out because I mean, it's the Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl is a cool game to play in. Um, I think Maurice got a lot of that across to his teammates, but um, they're in the right state of mind, maybe even if some of us are not. So uh, expecting uh, to see a proud effort out of the boys. Might come uh, up a little bit short, but a, a proud effort nonetheless. Well, and I think that's what uh – you know, the, the hand-wringing on my end comes from is that I, I don't expect anybody that's playing in this game 
to just go through the motions. I mean, they're out there to compete. They're out there to try to earn a roster spot for next year. They're all competitors. You don't typically get to a place like Florida State, at least 2023 Florida State, without being an ultra competitor. I mean, that's just – you have to be wired that way. When you're on the field, you think you're better than the guy you're going up against, and you're not afraid. You're not scared. I don't think they're afraid. I don't think they're scared. Um, I just think, you know, as Keon Coleman officially declared Mm. on Wednesday – you're without most of your best players, and that's that. That's uh, that's what limits my excitement about the game. But on the same token, I am ex- I am interested to see what Brock Glenn looks like in start number two. Mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm interested to see what these wide receivers look like, all of them, because they all could be back. Portier, Williamson, the three freshmen, Jakai, they all have eligibility remaining, and I don't know if they're going to go get. Uh, and they're bringing in four guys. So that's 10 wide receivers right there. They, you know, I'm sure if there's a really good one in the portal, they'll make a run at. Um, but, you know, this is probably almost certainly the, the vast majority of the receiving core for next year. And they get a chance for 60 minutes to see what they are. And most of the offensive line, I, I, except for who, Roddick maybe? No, will be I mean, back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. I, thought you, I thought you said who was going to play on Saturday. but yeah. No, I mean, right. Roddick and Emmanuel, I right. guess, are the two that aren't coming back. But all these other guys will be back. And it's one. And, and hats off to those guys, man. They're playing. Uh, it would appear, I mean, it, by all indications, that offensive line is playing. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're there to compete. And uh, so I don't want it to th- – I don't want people to think my, uh, you know, just the – my overall frustration with this game is because I don't think the guys down in Miami care or are going to be there to compete. They got pride. They're going to compete. It's just, you know, you're down 30 players probably. I think it's 25. It's 14 scholarship players that are in the portal and 10 or 11 now that have opted out, Uh, maybe 10. So 24 guys right there that aren't playing and then some injured guys, obviously like Jordan Travis and others, that, that won't be able to play. So you're down to thir- you're down to about 55, 54 scholarship guys. Yeah, not to belabor it, but I, I just think there, there's a law of like, I don't want to say diminishing returns because all these guys were so valuable and, and made such an indelible mark on this program this year. But I think like after you lose Jordan and then, you know, Jaheim announces and Keon and Johnny, like – you know, there's a certain point where you're like, all right, man, like we just realized this is what it is and we're going to have to figure it out regardless. So um, I think they've probably moved past it. Like, I think they're numb to it is kind of what I'm trying to say, but like in a good way, not like a defeated way. I just think, again, man, all this – when you talk about culture, again, I'm the guy that always kind of rolls my eyes when I hear about it. But I, I just feel like the way those guys carried themselves Wednesday and probably what we're going to see Thursday when Adam Fuller brings his guys over here to the La Meridian – in Davie, Florida, although it says Dania Beach, I think it's technically da- uh, Davie. Dania. Dania, Dania Beach. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Dania. That's right, my dad's hometown. That's the only oh. way I know. Yeah. S- some say the city that John Clark built. Well, Scholars you know, I say hometown. What, what is it? So he was born in Scranton and lived there until he was 12 right. and then moved to Dania Beach. Okay. So, I, you know, I think well, that's where his mom was, where my grandmom was my whole life until she passed away. So I guess Dania is what he'd call home, but he was born in Scranton. and lived. Yeah. What would you say? If you live somewhere for 12 years and then move to another city, what's your hometown? What's your home? I was a guy that always said wherever you went to high school ends up being like your hometown. I think those okay, are your well, more you formative go. years. So, yep. I mean, 12 years. West in... Broward. West Broward High School. That's yeah. not there anymore. Dania Beach. Yeah. So, I, I just think that 
you know, again, man, they, they're confident in their individual ability. And, I mean, the guys that are going to sign up to play this game and are, are going to play their rear ends off, man, because that's what this coaching staff demands of them, and they haven't let off of that at all. Uh, again, again, you know, not to belabor, like we realize the talent's not going to be ideal, but uh, still, when you're playing with that common purpose, that common goal, that kind of motivation – you know, you you're gonna you're gonna do your your fan base proud. I think so. We'll we'll see here in short enough time how it all kind of shakes out. Keon though officially announced uh, he is going into the draft. Uh, good night, sweet prince. Didn't mention anything about the bowl game, but I guess we can just go ahead and assume that means he will not be playing in the bowl game, Corey. Uh, <laughs> Correct. He's also not on the depth chart. Yeah, I don't know where this single season stands in Florida State lore. Uh, he wasn't right though since. I think even before the pit game, to be honest with you. Uh, oh he, no, I don't. Honestly, I don't think he was right against Wake Forest, yeah. and he had a couple of touchdowns in that game, including the long one where he kind of stiff armed the kid and and ran in there. But I, I, I think he starting around the Duke game, he. I don't think he was right the whole season, mm-hmm. which is again kind of what I was excited about in the playoff is him getting three or four weeks rest to look like Keon again, mm-hmm. to be Keon again. And you know we didn't get to see that. Obviously, you guys you guys know that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, again, he was a guy we can talk freely now. I would imagine because he's not eligible anymore. He's going to the league. Uh, Fabian Lovett, Keon Coleman, um, Akeem Dent. They barely practiced the second half of the season. Yeah, all three of them. Jaheim and there's Bell, more too. Jaheim Bell, Jaheim Bell too. Yeah. Barely practiced. They were all dealing with something, just trying to get right for Saturdays, but they could barely practice uh, or did not practice, sorry, for most of the time uh, during the week. Keon would do things here and there. Fabian, quite honestly, Aslan, I don't know that he had a real normal practice all season. That practice week, right? Yeah. Right, but yeah. he would be off doing his own individual stuff and then come over and do a couple of like one-on-ones uh, blocking drills and stuff, and then go right back to kind of being, and that was his, that was him the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I just I want people to understand they're opting out, and uh, I'm upset. I want him to play. I want him to care. Um, but these guys were all guys that were dealing with injuries and kept playing week after week after week. Yeah. Where does Ke- does Keon's like six game stretch? Is that going to rank anywhere? I mean, I know that's really whittling it down. This is a program that's had some really great, great wide receivers, but. And he was on a trajectory here where you just thought, I mean, you pulled off the heist of the, the transfer portal season. Yeah. Like, what, what, why didn't anybody else try to outbid you or make a, a better pitch to bring Keon Coleman to their university, you know? Don't know. Doesn't matter. Not your problem. Uh, yeah, no, it was a great season. A great season. He, he became a household name kind of overnight, really. He became a nationally known name. Like, people, real college football fans, like hardcore ones, probably knew about him at Michigan State. But when he's scoring three touchdowns in prime time against LSU, he automatically becomes a household name and an All-American candidate. He had some incredible moments, some incredible highlight reel plays, um, even against Miami where I think he had two catches. Well, one of them is a great touchdown while he's being interfered with, and he also had a 60-yard punt return that kind of gave you the win. Um, he just had – he had uh, – he I think – didn't he have a long one against Florida too? A punt return against Florida? Yes, I think. yes. Like – Big plays, man. The guy was just a playmaker. And what you wonder about with a guy like that, not wonder, but hope, you have you have three freshmen that have, we all think, the ability to play in the league. And they just got to watch that dude. And I know I just said that, 
you know, he, he didn't practice much the last half of the season, but he practiced all the first half of the season, and he was still out at practice. He was still doing things occasionally, and he was in the film room, and he was on the field on Saturdays. They got to see what that looks like mm-hmm. up close for 14 weeks. That only helps you, man. It just – it. You, you see what it's like to be great. You see what it looks like. You see the work on and off the field. All those guys, Vandravius, Hakeem, Destin, they got to see that up close, and that can only benefit them. Like the Keon impact, the Keon Coleman effect, might be. we might be talking about it in 2025 if one of those guys is an All-American. Hmm. And he learned what it looked like from Keon and Johnny. Like that's that's how programs are built getting around greatness, seeing greatness up close, and then trying to emulate it or better it. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to compare him to Peter Warwick, but you know, we saw him wearing that t-shirt and you know, he mentioned, you know, he familiarized himself with with P-Dub when he finally ended up committing here. There's probably high school kids that watch Keon play yeah. that are like, "Hey man, I would like to wear that jersey and make those kind of plays and this kind of offense because yeah, Keon's leaving, but this offense isn't leaving." Uh, this offense built for playmakers, some would say, Corey. So he could be paying dividends and residuals for years to come. So what a great uh, you know acquisition that was for Florida State. And also, man, I, I kind of I don't know for some reason I like how him and Jaheim also thought their or thanked rather their previous institutions. Yeah, uh, he thought he thanked Michigan State. Jaheim thanked uh, South Carolina in his farewell. Um, I guess maybe this kind of goes back to the, the caliber, not only on field player that that Norvell gets, but. You know, it doesn't seem to be a lot of malcontents he's bringing. These aren't guys that are leaving their these previous programs because they had big falling outs and they have animus towards where they were. Just kind of, you know, maybe things just weren't ideal any longer, and they found a better place, a better fit here in Tallahassee. But they still were able to kind of tip their cap to their previous school because, you know, it'd be nice if you know if Derek McClendon ended up doing something really great and he still thanked Florida State. But uh, oh, there's something about that 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 sits right with me. I don't know about you. Maybe I'm, maybe it's me being old, old school. You know paying tribute to your uh, your original foundation. Yeah, and I, and I would suggest that people are wondering, uh, Ira tweeted about this yesterday, and I think it's a good point. I don't I don't think Renardo Green's farewell tweet is just lip service. Like, ah, there's oh, a blueprint, it's amazing. AI. No. Let me let me go ahead and just uh, with all that all that being said, I've decided to enter the draft. Thanks everyone. Like it's heartfelt, man. Oh yeah. And all the in in Keon made his uh very heartfelt and very specific to Florida State, the first paragraph. He wrote just as much about Michigan State, which I agree with you. He was there for two years. He was only in Tallahassee for one, so I like that he appreciated uh, how he was developed in East Lansing too. But, you know, Keon talking about um, Keon talking about them getting not getting a chance to see if they were the best team in the country, not getting a chance to prove they were the right. best team in the country. I thought that was a really good point. I'm glad he hit that. And then <laughs> Renardo just talking about – what Coach Norvell and that coaching staff meant to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, again, these are tough decisions. They really are. Like, Renato practiced, man. We saw him practice. Uh, we saw Jari in practice. We saw Tate practice. I think they were – I mean, it, it wouldn't make sense to practice before Christmas knowing you're not going to play after Christmas. Um, I, you know, I don't know why the decisions were made and why they changed their mind or what, what was said or what wasn't. I don't know um, what, what – why they why they apparently changed their minds, but they did. But when these guys leave Florida State, almost to a man, I'm sorry, when they opt out, mm-hmm. almost to a man, you can tell there is some real, real, I, love might be too strong, I don't know, maybe it isn't, but respect mm-hmm. and gratitude for this coaching staff and what they built here at Florida State. And it should be, man. Think about where Renardo Green was. He played in 19. Mm-hmm. He was on the team that Willie 
got fired off. And then he had to – he was – I don't even know if he's on the field for Jacksonville State. Probably not. Uh, he was he was so low on the totem pole in 2020, he wasn't on the field for a play like that. Uh, it's Meanwhile, it's Sidney Williams and other people chasing that kid into the end zone. It's not it's not him. And then here he is, you know, here he is two years later, and he's he's a all ACC opting out potential probable NFL draft pick. Man, that's just it's really cool. And I do think these guys have real love for Florida State. I do think it's just such a unique situation. I don't think next year. I mean, I could be wrong. I could be completely naive. I just think if next year they finish 19th in the country, they're nine and three. 11 and one. Maybe they finish 11 and one, but they don't make the playoff. We could all see that coming, right? <laughs> but if that happens, I don't think you'll see I don't think you'll be down 30 players in the bowl game. No. you know, I just I just don't. I think more will stick around. I just think there's a lot of heart, broken hearts and kind of what am I doing this for attitude with, with this particular group of guys that were just told their whole season was meaningless. But I, I could be wrong. Uh, this might just be the way of the world. Like Georgia's, Georgia had two more guys enter the portal on on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just that's the world we're living in, I guess. Yeah. Well, the world we're living in affords you the ability to get instant energy in a convenient bottle that's not even two ounces and tastes quite well, I would say. It's called Vitamin Energy. It's energy with benefits. The website is vitaminenergy.com. Florida State alums operating it, hooking you folks up with the promo code, Corey. Warchamp BOGO. That is right. That means Warchamp B-O-G-O. Buy one, get one free when you go to vitaminenergy.com. The world's first and only clinically tested, clinically proven energy shot that only gives you the energy because of the 260 milligrams of all-natural caffeine. But it also boosts your mood. It boosts your focus because of the vitamins and the antioxidants and the nutrients in the little shot. All you got to do is just shake it and take it. I I just take half of it, and I still like the results. So somebody said, hey, Aslan, tell the 50 and up crowd, just take half. It was a little little, little punch to the, uh, to, the, uh, to the system for me. So mm. you've been heard, friend. You've been heard. You try it out, everybody. Let me know how you think about it. Shaking and take it, vitaminenergy.com. That promo code again is WARCHANT, B-O-G-O. It's WARCHANT, BOGO. Shaking and take it, vitaminenergy.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Corey, so looking ahead now, I guess we can start thinking about uh, constructing this roster. And I guess let's start at quarterback. We don't have really any big updates at all of what's going on as we sit here and record this show for you folks for your Thursday program. Uh, when it comes to Cam Ward and DJ Uwe Ungalale, it does sound like, though, that K.J. Jefferson, so this might be kind of a roundabout way of maybe we're getting closer to the finish line, Corey, but I guess K.J. Jefferson, the quarterback from Arkansas, who entered either earlier, I think last week, uh, apparently UCF has emerged as the leader. It sounded like maybe Miami was making a push for him uh, mm. because we assumed perhaps they were losing uh, the, the Cam Ward sweepstakes. But uh, if he goes to UCF, and that clearly, again, probably just underscores just how much of a two-team race it is between Florida State and Miami when it comes to Cam Ward. Uh, we're not getting impatient here. 
But, man, again, as we talked about on the show yesterday, it sure would be good to maybe get some kind of good news on Saturday. Uh, how big of a deal, I mean, is it for Florida State, not just from like a, a PR perspective, but just to you know get ready to put the season behind you as soon as that game is over and then start constructing that roster and just showing everybody that you're on the proper trajectory by getting the best quarterback available? Is that too much to say? I mean, how, how important is it to get him, and is he the best available still uh, to this point, even with Jaden Laurier from Arizona entering the portal? Yeah, I think he's still – he's certainly the most proven. Um, yeah, I think he's the – the. I mean, we'll see what that USC kid ends up being, right? Um, yeah, Malachi Nelson. But I, but I do think Cam Ward is uh, certainly one of the best, uh, if not the – I think he's probably – again, he's the most proven for sure. You Look, man, I just think – uh, they will have a. They will get a portal quarterback. They can't not get one. It's just a matter of degrees. Are you going to get an A? Are you going to get a B minus? Are you going to get a C? And look, this is the reality of college sports right now and college recruiting. And the portal is, I have no idea what his price tag is. But if his price, what what's the what's the limit? You ha- I assume you have to set a limit and say we're not going to pay more than this for one year of a kid playing quarterback. If you had but, five million dollars, would you give him one and a half? Yes. Oh, yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, but I again, that's me. I would give them all five. Like I, I don't. I. You have to getting a quarterback of that caliber can can completely change the complexion of the season. You can you can go from a seven win team to a playoff team if you get a a, a quarterback of that caliber of a caliber like the that I think he could be. Again, I'm not a hundred percent sold on him. But I think he could be a guy, if you get an all-ACC quarter, like think about North Carolina without Drake May this year. They were 8-4 and four with him. What are they without him? Five and, you know, five and yeah, seven? Yeah. It's a, I mean, a good quarterback. That's the most important position again. That's why Mahomes gets all the money. <laughs> Although, what's going on with that team, Aslan? They're, bro- they're broken. Is good what the grief. First Let Taylor play quarterback. <laughs> I mean, good night. Nothing. That was a crazy game to watch. And, no, I didn't have money on the Chiefs on the money line. <laughs> Are you crazy? I don't do that. I don't use my bookie for stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, no, quarterback clearly is an enormous position uh, of need for next year, I think, um, unless Brock Glenn goes and throws for three bills against Georgia, and then you feel, you feel good about that. But there will be somebody out there, even if you miss on Cam Ward, that I think can raise your win total. Hmm. He looks to be the one out there that could probably raise it the most. But again, I just I don't think you can afford to take after what just happened um, with the with the committee after lo- this game that we're about to watch all these opt outs. I feel like you just you don't want to take a step back to eight and four. And as this roster is currently constructed, and we'll see a good bit of these guys on Saturday. I don't think you would look at this roster and even with the twenty two freshmen coming in and be like, yeah, that's a playoff team. You just won't. So it's not just uh, it's not just quarterback, but quarterback by far. I, I I think that must be why, in my opinion, it's it's just pure speculation. Um, maybe that's why the portal hasn't opened up yet, because you've got to take care of the most important position first, and then you, you know what your spreadsheet is for all the other positions and you mean, what you have to spend. You mean in terms of like you need that bell cow to, to set it off, or you as a, a, a collective need to make sure you address that first. So yes, you, know you as a collective need to make sure you get the most important. Don't go be spending quarterback money on Walter Nolan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like, don't do it. You don't need that. You need a quarterback first. Yeah. And then go get the best available 
uh, defensive lineman you can or the best available O-line or wide receiver, whoever. And also, Aslan, I don't know if you've been noticing, but, I mean, the portal stuff doesn't stop. Like, there are real players. Like the kid from Arizona a, quarterback I mentioned, man, Jana Laurie, that's right. a real player, and that's just out of nowhere. That's not – they haven't played their bowl game at Arizona. He went ahead and announced. Yeah, the Cal, there's a Cal wide receiver that just entered. Um, he he's, he's has over 2,000 receiving yards. There was the Purdue linebacker that entered a couple of days ago that led the Big Ten in sacks. Hmm. Um, like, there, it's – you know, oh, there's another guy from Miami of Ohio that that uh, was was everybody's going to want, or maybe he's already committed. I don't know, but a big time defensive end like the MAC Player of the Year, he just entered over the weekend. Like, it's not slowing down. I thought by this time it would essentially be over, but that was a miscalculation on my part because I think a lot of these guys have played in games or were waiting to play in the bowl game, and after their bowl season is over, they're in the portal, mm. and they're going to see where they can go. And so I just think over the net, it's going to be more and more really high-quality players. Not more and more, but there will be a, a, a sprinkling of high-quality players for the rest of the bowl season because now we're to the point where you're playing three or four a day. So all these teams that you just watched, they're going to have three or four or five guys after their bowl season is over enter the portal. So you've still got plenty of options uh, to, go, to go get uh, really good players. I just think... You don't know what you're gonna. You don't know what else you're gonna fill out until you get you take care of the most important position. It would take Rodemaker leaving. One way to look at that is he was already told, "Hey man, somebody's coming." Not somebody might come, but somebody is coming. Or either way, it doesn't matter how you look at it. The fact of the matter is, you're gonna have two scholarship quarterbacks next year. They're both gonna be freshmen. That's not how you get to the playoff. So you need to go get yourself a quarterback. And on the heels of that as well, uh, one of the players uh, we did not talk about is Evan Stewart, uh, the very skilled, very talented sophomore from Texas A&M. He was part of that class that drew the ire of Nick Saban that was the number one overall class that Jimbo had signed, a wide receiver from, uh, I thought he was from Texas, but ESPN listed him as being from Memphis. Uh, but nonetheless, he caught 53 passes as a true freshman, 649 yards and two scores in 2022 this past season. Only 38 for 514 and four scores. Um, he now becomes, I think, uh, maybe the top wide receiver in the portal. Yeah. Uh, so he is being reported also on three are uh, the corporate network, if you want to call it that. Ole Miss, Oregon, Tennessee, USC, Florida State. Um, and actually, Florida State's listed first because they do it in alphabetical order, but I just wanted to draw it out, make you guys a little bit nervous. Mm. But yeah, he uh, they're the schools that appear to be the favorites for him. So. Pair him together with a Cam Ward and Hakeem Williams emerging and Destin Hill emerging and Ja'Kai Douglas uh, being healthy for a full year and doing what he can do in the slot. Kyle Morlock, uh, your re returning tight end. That offensive line probably gets a little bit short up, a little bit tweaked. Um, and, you know, Keziah Holmes, Cam Davis, true freshman. Lawrence Tofili, although he won't play in the bowl game, he's still part of your program. He announced that he's partnering up still with uh, Battle's End. Last week, I think the announcement came down. That's a Salt. I don't know. We don't. Salty is what you want to be on defense. I don't know. That's a, a pretty sweet. I sweet. guess. Then, there you offense, go. The opposite. Right? The opposite. Uh, I like yeah. that. That's that's a ten win floor. Well, I mean, those are big ifs, though. Sure, you're talking provided, about the, yes, provided the number get one quarterback and the number one wide receiver both choosing you. But yeah, if that happens, sure. Uh, but even if it doesn't happen, you know, when we're talking this time in the middle of January, we'll, we'll have an. We'll have a better understanding of what this team will be, but it still won't be complete. I just want to keep reiterating that. Like, 
Keon came in April. You know, there's there got you can the, the whenever the next portal window opens after spring practice, there will be more guys entering. So don't don't settle. I guess would be the would be the because they could look as it is right now. Cam Ward could commit to Miami tomorrow. I've made this point. He could commit to Miami tomorrow, practice with them in the spring, and then say, you know what, I don't like the feel of this, and then come to Tallahassee. There's nothing keeping him from doing it. Now, the contract he signs might. We'll see what, how those are worded here in the near future. But that, So with these multiple-time transfers now, everything's off the table. In fact, Aslan, huge news, our man Jake Garcia, <laughs> former Miami quarterback, uh, yeah. Is now transferring from my from Missouri. Yeah, he's back. So he went from Miami. To, well, number one, he went from California to Valdosta High School. Yes. Then to Grayson High School. Yes. Then to wasn't he committed to he wasn't committed to Miami to begin with, wasn't he? I feel like he was committed to Georgia or somebody, but I don't remember. But anyway, then he then he, he committed to Miami, went to Missouri, and now he's back in the portal. These are the kind of players we're creating with this portal nonsense. But it's awesome because Florida State needs some players. MyBookie.ag promo code is WarChant. Use that for your instant cash deposit bonus when you sign up for the first time uh, over at MyBookie.ag where you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Uh, Big slate of games from Wednesday. Uh, Let's see what we got here cooking up today, later on Thursday, Corey Clark. Mm, I think now it's really starting to cook. BC taking on SMU future ACC uh, Mustangs. That's right. SMU favored by 10. I wonder if Halfley and the boys are going to take that line down. Miami getting Castellanos, to an, did he opt out? What's going on there? Man? SMU finished. I think SMU actually well, had that's a, true. Yeah, they, they had an argument to, to get ahead of Liberty, I think, for that group of five slot. Or whatever. Well, you know what happened was because there was supposed to be what – they have to take a group of five, the best group of five team, right? Something Isn't that like the that. ruling? Yeah. Some, the best. Yeah. And so their reasoning for taking Liberty over – and this is true, folks. We haven't talked about it. But their reasoning for taking Liberty over SMU was Boo Corrigan, the the committee chair, said, "Well, Liberty just kept winning, and we couldn't ignore that." It's true. So, just that is a I'm paraphrasing, but that's a direct sentiment and mostly a direct quote. They kept winning, and we couldn't ignore it. So, anyway, just do with that what you will. Uh-huh. By the way, and I'm not mad that as we were doing this on Twitter, I know we're in the middle of a read. I don't care. <laughs> As we're in the middle, as we're in the middle of this show on Twitter, you get to see images of uh, Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban at the Rose Bowl parade. <sighs> Meanwhile, you're interviewing Maurice Smith and a couple of other offensive linemen in Miami. Um, anyway, whatever, doesn't matter. I'm not mad. I'm fine. I like being in the <laughs> East, Eastern Time Zone. Speaking of Miami, they're—I don't know if they're going to have quarterback, uh, and they're. Two-and-a-half-point underdogs at Rutgers. Might want to jump on the Scarlet Knights, y'all. Shiano, Dennis's former team, might have a little extra juice as well. You've got hunches. Play them responsibly, please, for real, sincerely. Is Miami a former team of his? Uh, he was like an assistant coach, I oh, think, okay. back right. in the maybe uh, – what's his name? i tell you what. What's that Louisville-USC game? What's that What's that down to with my bookie? Uh, that was last night, buddy. That was that game happened happened on Wednesday. Oh night. yeah, you're right. Never mind. Sorry. Hey, keep with the read, Aslan. I've sabotaged this one enough. War chance of promo code instant cash deposit bonus. Mybookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Corey, since uh, you'll be en route to Miami later today but not here for the media day, which, uh, should I bum-rush Coach Fuller with my bad Boston accent? Uh, no. Just ask questions with that. No. Um, what do you, He's been very much more assertive, I feel like, this year when we have spoken to him. I'm, I'm very curious to get kind of like a wind vein of where this defense is by speaking to him on – uh, Thursday, I I think we're gonna get a very no nonsense kind of a approach. Man, any any good idea question wise to ask him to maybe probe a little bit to to get under that gruff surface of his because he hasn't been shy about showing his dissatisfaction for what happened with the playoff and the selection. But I think he really does believe in what he's created on that defensive side of the ball. So surely he, you know, he's got maybe a little bit of a, a better cupboard right now than Alex and Mike have on their side of the ball. So perhaps he he'll be a little bit more buoyed. Although again, man. Atkins and Nor, at least when we spoke to Coach Atkins, um, he he is not even remotely uh, defeated when it comes to this game. He's excited and thinks his guys they've been champing at the bit uh, to get out mm. there. So I'm sure Coach Fuller thinks the same for the guys they'll have to fill in for um, Renardo and uh, Jarian. Yeah, you know I think the defense is uh, th- this is more. Uh Obviously, this is a dumb thing to even say because it's so obvious. This is more of a real representation. Who's left is more of a real representation of what this defense was than the offense, clearly, right? Like, you know, we've talked about it. There's eight touchdowns left from this offense. But there's a whole bunch of tackles and tackles for loss and passes defended still left on this defense. So I am I, interested to see you lose Fabian Lovett. Well, you know, if he's right – you don't really – Daryl Jackson is as good as Fabian Lovett, this Fabian Lovett that we saw this year, right, don't you think? Or yes. can give you a reasonable facsimile of production. Fabian Lovett was very good when he was in there. He just didn't play a ton this year, but he was still good. He was a great Noel. He was here for four years. But Daryl Jackson, Braden Fisk, assuming he's playing, he's listed on the depth chart. Um, you know, with, with Patrick Payton, that's not a bad front. No. You're missing the guy. Uh, you're missing the uh, Gilbert, Gilbert Edmond, Byron Turner. Those aren't Jared Verse, um, but it's also kind of a, a Josh Farmer. Like you got you got some guys on the defensive line with Bethune and Deloach that I I am like I think you can you can look like yourself for for a while anyway in that front seven. And then look, Renardo Green uh, was awesome. There's no bigger fan of what he was these last two years than me. Well, maybe Adam Fuller, but but Azarie's playing now. Man, Azarie, Azarie might be a, a first or second day pick in the NFL. Like I see that kind of development from him. Like he looks, 
I thought he he took huge strides this year. He is going to be your starter next year. This is kind of a, a jump on that. He played a ton anyway. He played starter reps anyway for the most part. So with that, with you lose Jarian, but you got you got Greedy Vance. Um, you lose Akeem Dent. That's a big loss uh, because of you know there's a pretty big gap I think between him and his backup. But overall, you know. It's it's not great that you don't have all your starters, but all these other guys that are playing in their place played enough that you feel okay about it. So I think a long way of saying I think Adam Fuller will be uh, optimistic about the way they're going to play uh, on Saturday. I just wonder about the mindset if they see – like, you know, their mindset could not wander when you're playing against Louisville when that offense did nothing for the whole game, the, the Florida State offense, because you're playing for a championship and what you thought was a spot in the playoff. So they were completely dialed in and focused and played the best game of Florida State, in my opinion, the best game of Florida State defense has played in almost a decade. Just an incredible performance mm-hmm. um, considering the competition because that is not a, a bad offense, and they dominated it. Well, I feel like in a bowl game where Keon's not on the other side of the you, – you've got nothing – there's nothing after this game that maybe you're playing well early, but then you see the offense, a few three and outs, maybe a one and out, a two and out, whatever happens. You could understand where the mindset wanes a little bit. So that's all I wonder, right? Yeah. But that, I think that's human nature. Otherwise, I think I think they're going to account for themselves pretty well in that game, all things considered. It just sucks that we don't get to see big number five. Again, I brought this up on headlines, I think. I didn't, I wish I would have known the Charlotte game was the last game we got to see all them together. Yeah, it's like when you're you're dating someone and you break up and you don't know the last time you were with them was the last time you were going to be with them, mm. or you would have enjoyed it more. And get your minds out of the gutters, folks. <laughs> I'm talking about dinner and a movie and walking them back to their house, uh, to their door. But you know what I mean. Like I, right, I just right. would have enjoyed and relished that last game. Uh, really the last two games with that defense more if I'd have known this was how it was going to end up. It was a magical night nonetheless. I really did say it. And I know you did too, but I, I, I get your sentiment. Um, and just, I guess, last thing, just to piggyback on that before we go, just this Georgia offense is good. It's not amazing, though, right? And they're not going to have Brock yeah. Bowers, most likely. Lad McConkey's still banged up. They're not going to have a Marius Mims, most likely. He's one of their more talented offensive linemen. I know they got a whole bunch of hogs. You know, Carson Beck played well towards the second half of the season, but he wasn't Stetson Bennett. He wasn't Joe Burrow. So, again, I, I know the line inflated over on the Vegas side of things at 19 and a half, and it's going to be really tough for Florida State to find ways to, to move the ball and, and get enough big plays uh, to, to really put stress on Georgia. But I, I like this defense, and it's not a bad matchup, I don't think, for them. Um, again, just unfortunately, you can't say the same thing on the other side of the ball, but maybe – We'll, we'll learn to appreciate like a, this defense finally because for so long this season, it was all about the offense. It was always about can the offense yeah. be elite, the defense just stay where they were last year, maybe get a little bit better. And the fact that like apparently Florida State has an elite defense, just have to kind of recalibrate the way you maybe look at this game specifically because that's the real big part of this team to really appreciate and uh, maybe enjoy, a, a not a victory lap, but just one last kind of hoorah with the, the best they can play. Yeah, and look, I think if the defense was intact fully and wholly, um, it would have you – know, you're talking about in holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. I don't mm. want to people think I'm saying holy like a hole in the ground. Oh, I but thought you meant ho- like, the, like a priest, holy. Ho- oh, that too. That's another uh, meaning of holy. No, holy, like holy, com- holy complete. Um, you know, I, 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 would, uh, I don't know how Georgia – this Georgia team 
would have scored more than a couple touchdowns maybe on them. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, folks, at the end of that year, at the end of the year, that was a salty, salty defense. They were good at every level. Um, they they just they made plays. They had two elite defensive linemen and a bunch of good defensive linemen around them. Um, it wasn't like there was a huge drop-off between Fisk and Lovett or Fisk and Farmer. Um, and then you'd be adding Daryl Jackson to that mix. Like, this was a championship-caliber defense. What you see it, with a with a NFL corner, probably two or three, uh, a really good senior safety that had played a ton of football, linebackers that were – I mean, it was just a, – it was a, a really nice collection. And uh, most of them will still be out there, but not all of them, including not the best one, the guy that will be picked in the you know first 10 or 15 or 20 picks of the draft. So that's the bummer. Hmm. But, yeah, I, I think that um, – I, I just – you know, these two teams should be playing in New Orleans. Mm. They should be playing in New Orleans. And, man, this would be so much more fun to talk about. Um, it just would be, man. I, I wanted to see Jared Burse and Fisk play together again. I wanted to see Keon fully healthy again. All right, hey, but we're going on a good note. I Don't know, stop. I know. I just I, I wanted to there. see that. I, and it's it's the image of Saban in that stupid parade uh, <laughs> because he doesn't belong in that parade. He doesn't belong in this playoff, and they'll probably go. Uh, they'll probably go win it all. By the way, they probably will. Were you there when Atkins said that he didn't find out about how he found out about the playoff? No, I, I hit record and walked away. I was. I had three other com- uh, cameras. The man. So he said that. I think he said that he got off the plane and saw that Florida State was playing Georgia on one of the TV because he flew across country. I'm not sure where. I think he said San Francisco. I don't know who they'd be recruiting in San Francisco. But he flew across country when he got off the plane. He saw the matchup that Florida State was playing uh, Georgia. And he just assumed it was a playoff matchup. Oh, no. Yeah, that's what he said. That's crazy. Um, I mean, Alex, check your phone, bud. I mean, we're never a burner. Does nobody have your number? Like you would think somebody would have texted them. Hey, can you believe this? Blankety blank. When Florida State wins the national title next year, I want to go back and I want to talk and I want to interview everybody. Do like a a 30 for 30 short and just Mm. interview everybody who was not at the watch party and have them tell their story about how they found out. Because as a Florida State fan, I know it's going to be really painful, but I think as a college football fan, It'd be like a f- not funny, like laughing at someone's misfortune, but just like, oh my gosh, like, that's so brutal. Uh, I'm glad they were able to turn around and win it the next year. Remember what yeah. happened to Virginia in basketball, everybody? First ever team to lose to a, a 16 seed. Next year they came back, won it all. First ever undefeated Power Five conference champion, hosed. Hosed. Mm, mm, There's absolutely. football gods, everybody. Holy, holy yep. football gods. Holy, holy. Not W-H-O, no. but H-O-L-Y. That's right, Aslan. Hey, well said, buddy. Let's go out on a high note that way. There we go. He's Cora Aslan. We'll probably do a mailbag as Cora will be on the road, so we'll record per- pretty early on, but we'll have a thread most likely up on the Tribal Council as you're listening to this. Get your questions in. We'll do about maybe 10, 12, maybe 13 to respect the 13 and 0. He's Cora Aslan. Jeff Cameron Show back at 1 o'clock. He and Tom Lang. Check them out. Stay connected to WarChant.com. Thank you for listening to Wake Up. Board champ presented by Corner Pocket Barn Grill.